I, I've learned don't be surprised. As an entrepreneur, do not be surprised with the feedback you get from the market um, because, I mean, you will be wrong. Uh, that's why like investing in management teams is so important because you know whatever they're doing is ultimately going to be wrong and you're betting on them to figure out quickly A, that their assumption was wrong and B, the ability uh, uh, to be dynamic and adapt um, to what they learn. So I'm uh, very happy today to... Um, be able to introduce this week's guest. Uh, his name is Douglas Roth, and he is a managing director at Connecticut Innovations. Welcome, Doug. Thank you. Glad to be here. As a starting point, uh, maybe you could just let people know uh, a little bit about your background and, and exactly maybe what Connecticut Innovations is and uh, what you do for them. Sure. So Connecticut Innovations is a really interesting uh, organization. We're uh, I think on our 31st year, uh, and essentially what we are is the strategic venture capital arm for the state of Connecticut. We were created to make direct investments in uh, both life science and technology-based uh, early-stage startups, uh, so equity uh, equity investments, um, and have done that, and I think have done that very successfully over the uh, the past 30 years. Um, uh, we generally play in, when I say the early stage, so uh, sort of seed series A, um, but unlike a traditional venture capital firm, we've got a bit of flexibility in how we invest, uh, the structure of our investments, the stage uh, of company we invest in, and the sectors that we invest in. So we're, we're uh, what I would call um, a generalist investor, uh, investing uh, across primarily B2B business models, but we have been uh, making some uh, direct-to-consumer uh, in investments in some direct-to-consumer business models as well, um, and, but, uh, but across industries. Um, and so, you know, VCs love acronyms. And so on the tech side, you know, we'll invest in everything from insure tech, certainly fintech, ed tech, um, prop tech, uh, ad tech, martech, cybersecurity, Internet of Things. We will make investments in, in hardware companies. Um, obviously, a bulk of our investments are in software companies. And then on the life science side, it's therapeutics, diagnostics, medical devices, digital health, and the like. Got it. So how does a, uh, you know, an arm of the, the, the government like CI, you know, sort of compare to a, a, a VC that's investing purely for financial returns or, say, the mandate of a, of a corporate venture capital arm? Yeah, so it, it, it's... Um, we, we were we were structured uh, in a relatively unique way, and I think that it is um, proven out quite well in that uh, we are focused on on two goals with our investments. So the way we're structured is essentially as an evergreen fund where uh, we make investments, we help companies grow, thrive, become successful, and eventually have some kind of exit or liquidity event go public, uh, get acquired. And when that happens, um, you know, investors essentially cash out 
the proceeds come back into CI, and that's the capital that we use to invest in future entrepreneurs. And we just recycle capital continuously like that. Uh, and that's sort of what makes us uh, what's called an evergreen fund. And so, um, you know, a couple things. It is absolutely makes us focused on uh, financial returns. Uh, because if we don't generate returns, we won't have capital to invest in future entrepreneurs and, you know, we will cease to exist. We are not on the annual budget for the state. So, uh, we certainly can't rely on the state for more capital. Um, we essentially have to produce our own capital. And I, I don't know if you're able to share, but, but are there any, um, investments you've made that that would qualify as insurtech and would you be able to sort of share share reasons why you thought they're interesting uh companies within the space yeah i think that you know we, we've made some investments that that uh are are definitely insurtech and and are 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 known for for playing in the insurance space so uh but we've also made some in, investments that we think there's some great opportunity insurance, but you're not going to think of them as an insure tech player. So uh, in the first category, companies like uh, Aureus Analytics, um, Anurag Shah, CEO, founder, um, great company, um, uh, great technology, um, a solid business with the ability to sort of um, – and this is you know whether it's in insure tech or any other sector, I love businesses that have some flexibility built in right i mean I think anyone who sort of knows startups has probably heard the term pivot uh and and pivots can be big pivots, they can be small tweaks but but if if you have a business model a technology that doesn't allow you to pivot. That can be problematic because I think no matter how well you think you know the industry, until you've built your product and you hand it off to some some real customers and get some real feedback from them about what they like, what they don't like, what works, what doesn't work, how they actually use it, I, I've learned don't be surprised. As an entrepreneur, do not be surprised with the feedback you get from the market um, because, I mean, you will be wrong. Um, uh, and, and so uh, that's why like investing in management teams is so important because you know whatever they're doing is ultimately going to be wrong and you're betting on them to figure out quickly, A, that their assumption was wrong and B, the ability uh, uh, to be dynamic and adapt um, to what they learn. So as a, as a generalist investor, the way you described, do you have certain investment themes and then you kind of try to go find companies that fit those themes or is it more sort of, uh, you know, you were talking about management team and, and, you know, does that management team have the agility to be able to flex and pivot as necessary or, you know, or is it a little bit of both? I mean, one way of, of describing this is, is sort of summarizing our, our diligence process. And so for diligence, you know, the, the main categories that we dig into are, you know, management. Uh, and, and this is, other than that, this isn't in any priority, but management is clearly the first and, and most important thing that we, we look at. But management, the, the market opportunity, um, the value proposition or the, the problem that's being solved, um, uh, 
the technology or or the 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 product uh and and part of that is is kind of the uh what's proprietary what's the barrier to entry um the business model or the go to market strategy what does the competitive landscape look like um capital efficiency you know what is it going to take uh to be successful in this uh, this space um obviously the deal terms and and the, the the capital structure and all of that and then the exit potential and the exit timing um and so you know that that's kind of our guide for diligence and so in terms of whether it's in tech or or really any other sector what do we like or what do we don't like i mean we we are we we're technology investors we like technology centric businesses uh not simply technology enabled businesses um and you know there's some nuances there but um you know we we like when technology can form that barrier to entry and and form proprietary nature and for and create that sort of first mover advantage you know you've technologically solved a, a problem that's really hard to solve already you've got a barrier to entry i mean once one person solved it, one company has solved it, it probably makes it a lot easier for the second and the third company to solve it. But uh, so so no first mover advantage lasts very long, um, but you need at least a head start. So I know we're kind of getting tight on time here. Um, is there anything else about kind of seed stage investing or early stage investing that you think makes it, you know, unique or you've integrated in your process that, that makes it different from, you know, growth stage investing or uh, people who uh, come in at the later rounds? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think as, as there's just, I guess two things I'd say one is, is uh, from our perspective, um, uh, you know, the more mature a business, it will actually, when we invest, there's really no, there's no financials. Right. I mean, and, and certainly there, there, there might not be a lot of revenue. So, um, you know, spending a whole lot of time on a financial model, um, you know, it's all assumptions. It's all picking numbers out of a hat as to what you think you're going to generate for revenue in six months. It's more the assumptions. I spend more time on the assumption page of the Excel model than anything else, because uh, I want to understand oh, they think that each sales rep's going to have 10 customers. Is that a lot? Is that a little, you know, it depends on the nature of the business, but that's, I think more important and how quickly you think you're going to get customers. You know, again, elephant hunting, it's going to take a a long time, but if they've got assumptions that they're going to get, you know, uh, big insurance carriers signed every three months, that might not be terribly realistic. I mean, it, it can take an insurance carrier six, 12, 18 months to you know get comfortable run a pilot assess the pilot I mean they just don't move at a pace that that startups have to move at because they have no choice they're running out of cash um and and so uh later stage investors there is historical financial information that they can dig into Still, I mean, uh, um, what is that disclaimer of any investment firm? Past performance is no indication of future success, but uh, at least there's some historical things to, to look at. Um, so that's probably one big difference and, and uh, you know, sort of speaks to where we spend a lot of our time getting to know the people. All right, great. So before we wrap up, any 
sort of, uh, you know, insights looking ahead as we, uh, you know, have moved into the second half of, of 2021 or looking ahead toward 22 that you'd like to like to share before we wrap up? Um, I, I think that there's a tremendous opportunity. We're seeing it already. Um, you, you know, just across our portfolio on the life science side and the tech side, um, we, we have got um, some tremendous companies in our portfolio that are getting uh, growth equity rounds, uh, you know, incredible amounts of money at um, at really uh, spectacular valuations. Uh, companies that are going public, Rally Bio, one of our portfolio companies went public, uh, I guess, last week. Um, and uh, I, I am incredibly bullish on, uh, I, I think, InsureTech, uh, just, you know, s- startups generally, and Connecticut in particular. I think that there are some um, very creative, very driven, very smart entrepreneurs here in the state that are working on some uh, problems that need to be solved and uh, when solved will uh, uh, will create incredible success for the, the founders, the customers of those companies and, and investors. And, uh, and hopefully uh, it's, it's CI portfolio companies, so CI benefits from that success as well. Great. Anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, just, uh, Josh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Really enjoyed the conversation and, and, uh, really looking forward to, um, you know, some, some in-person events, uh, sometime soon. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, Douglas Roth, managing director at Connecticut innovations, really appreciate your time. And, uh, as you said, look forward to, uh, hopefully being able to catch up in person soon. Thank you so much. <laughs>